biggest thing you gave me was time. You didn't really know me. We were from the same neighborhood and area, but I was with a group of guys that wanted to go to college, wanted to play ball. And you actually gave us that reality that, hey, this could actually happen because we saw somebody that was like us and that we wanted to become. Recruiting is about relationships. It's built on trust. It's built on doing the right things. And it's built on your head coaches and your athletic director, their vision. And I think we have two great leaders, both of those positions. So it makes it easy for me to go out and, and do what I do. Be aggressive. Let's win. Here we go. I've read a little bit about your story. And of course, I follow you on Twitter and paid attention to your, your, your active on social media as we need to be today. But uh, I know that you have great pride in Bowling Green and, and we'll talk about that as we go. But what I'd like to do is allow you to take us through your journey from being a, a big time baseball player to, to athletic director at Bowling Green? Well, big time baseball player is, uh, is a loose term, I guess. And some <laughs> people introduced me as a former, former athlete. I correct them and say, no, I was just a baseball player. I wasn't. <laughs> so I, um, so I'll tell you my whole journey born in this and why I ended up at Bowling Green State University. I, you know, grew up in a small town, Population 9,000, Salina, Ohio. Um, played in baseball, obviously. Um, played a little bit of football. I took a bet with some of my buddies and played my senior year of, of football and was actually offered a couple Division II scholarships. But uh, there's a lot of practice in football, not a lot of games. <laughs> so yeah. I uh, wanted to continue on trying to be this baseball player that I thought I could be and, and be, I wanted to prove to myself that I was a division one student athlete. Uh, so I, I wanted to come to Bowling Green because at the time um, in high school, I went to my high school athletic director's office instead of going to study hall and I worked for him and then growing up in a small town, you look around town and you, you see the people in town, my mom and dad, uh, God bless their souls. They both worked in factories. Uh, they both worked two jobs. My dad only not only worked in a factory, but also uh, was in the Air Force Reserves. My mom was a uh, factory worker and worked uh, real estate as well. So you look around town and you say, all right, who, whose job in this town would I like? And I thought, you know, the high school athletic director, I thought he had a really cool job. So um, back in the late 80s, early 90s, sport management, athletic administration was a growing field. People started understanding the, the business of sports. And so I knew I wanted to major in sport management and pursue my dream of being a Division I student athlete, baseball player. Uh, so I came to Bowling Green State University, walked onto the baseball team uh, my freshman year. You know, I was walking on campus August 25th around that time. And August 1st is when a new baseball coach was hired. And so he, he kept uh, allowing me to come out and be a walk on to his uh, his new team. And uh, ironically, some 26 year, years later, 
I became his boss as the athletic director. And that was uh, Coach Danny Schmitz. Uh, a couple years of baseball here at BGSU and, uh, you know, did okay for myself. Uh, started 60-some games, but probably between the summer of my sophomore year and, and junior years when I decided and realized I was not going to be the first round draft pick of the Cincinnati Reds <laughs> um, that I really needed to <clears throat> not only concentrate on my academics, not that they were bad or anything, but also gain experience in this field. Um, in sport management, we had to do two practicums and an internship. And I really wanted to start working in the athletic department and knowing your student athlete schedule. I didn't really feel like I was going to be able to do both student athlete work in the athletic department and then obviously go to school as well. So that's when I made the decision and uh, started working, working in the athletic department and decided <clears throat> probably pretty quickly that I didn't want to go back to being a high school athletic director. Um, finished out my four years here at BGSU, uh, went on to Ball State for two years, Fresno State for 14, or excuse me, four years at Fresno State, and then about uh, 15 years at San Diego State before coming home to BGSU and becoming the athletic director here. Wow, what's a uh, uh, cool story to be able to come home, you know? And, and as I, I talk to coaches who uh, who have played at a university and then they had an opportunity to come back and uh, and and coach at that university. It's something special. Uh, it's something special about it. Uh, and yeah, you know, you talked about your baseball career, and no, you probably uh wouldn't have been a first rounder but you could have gone in the second or the third but you know you made a good choice either way right uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank so, you so i was thinking more like 54th 54 well how many <laughs> uh, there's like 80 rounds right there used to be uh they have cut there's been a lot of contrition uh contraction in uh in baseball lately so i, I don't even know what how many rounds there are now yeah. Uh, but uh, they certainly have decreased the number of rounds. Right. Well, back in those days, I, like I said, you you, you would have made it. Uh, right. But again, you made a good choice, as as we see. So now you, you talk about or we talk about, especially on this podcast, we talk about leadership. And, um, you know, one of the questions that that we get quite a bit from when we listen to this podcast mm -hmm. is we ask and I'll ask you who who are the leaders who are the leaders the people in your career who have who have been the best versions of leaders people that you've learned from and what is it that they've given you great question uh you did say career so obviously those are people that i've worked with or been mentored by i gotta you know i mentioned my parents a little bit earlier and, you, and guess what? If if your parents are, then yeah, we'll take yeah. them as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, they installed that that work ethic um, that we need in this industry. As you know, it this is uh, not for the faint of heart. College athletics, and um, you know, I talk to our sport management students all the time about getting this job experience, and you're not going to walk out of college and have a six figure job. Um, so my parents. Uh, probably instilled that work ethic um, in me. And, and so they're a big part of that. But uh, from, from a professional uh, development 
you know, at San Diego State, I was there for 15 years. I had seven different athletic directors in my first 10 years. In the last one, uh, Jim Sturk was my athletic director for about six years. He came down from Washington State, um, you know, power five athletic director coming to San Diego State, a group of five school. Um, and I thought that was an interesting decision. Obviously, as we talk about, you know, being successful, can you be more successful at, at San Diego State, um, who probably has the top of top, one of the top budgets in the Mountain West versus Washington State that may not have the biggest budget in the Pac-12. So anyways, he made that decision. But what what really uh, he brought to San Diego State that I still use to this day is a win it right philosophy. And, you know, when he brought that in, she started asking, you know, what does that really mean, win it right? And obviously win it right in the community, the classroom, and on the field of competition. Those are the three things. But <clears throat> we, I've, uh, and, and since then, have uh, redefined right as meaning respect, integrity, grit, humility, and trust. And uh, so we ask our student athletes here at BGSU to win it right, uh, win it with respect, with integrity, grit, humility, and trust in the community, in the classroom, and on the field of competition. Um, so that's, you know, really critical for our success. Um, the values that we live with here at BGSU, you know, and not, you know, in this world, you're a coach, obviously. And uh, so working around coaches, coaches are, I believe, really inspiring people, uh, teachers at heart. And one of the best coaches that I worked with was Steve Fisher, basketball coach at San Diego State, who came in and turned around that program from probably one of the worst uh, basketball, Division One basketball programs in America to being, you know, a Sweet 16 team. And it was a lot of hard work, no question. A lot of great players that he helped recruit. Uh, bring in, but he was a, a, a very genuine man, a teacher at heart. Like I said, um, you know, he, he often said he was just a math teacher from Michigan, um, but he became a hall of fame coach. And, you know, he was as good of a coach as he was, he was a better person. Uh, the way he treated people, he treated people the right way. And so <clears throat> the right way comes into, play with both of those people, Jim Sturk and Steve Fisher. Wow. Great, great points. You, you made a point and, and I, you know, as a coach, we always talk about the fact that coaching is teaching, you know, and you can, you can dress it up in a whole lot of ways and you can fill the stadium uh, and you can do a lot of different things, but at the end of the day, coaching is teaching. And, and, you know, when I think about my career, and I think about what I do every day and what I've done over the years, uh, deal with a player who comes in and he, he is a dumb freshman, right? He can't get anything <laughs> right. And uh, in terms of football, in terms of the way he handles himself, in terms of, you know, how he operates as a, as a football player even. And then, and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden it happens, right? He gets it. He gets it on the football field sometimes. And, and other times you see him in his discussion with, with others. You see him and how he handles himself with his tutors or how he handles himself with young ladies. 
he gets it. He starts to get it. To me, that that's that's I know what happens on the stadium. I know what happens on Saturdays. But to me, honestly, that's game day is when this young man who who came in raw and un, <laughs> and unfiltered, but all of a sudden he transforms into into the young man that you told his parents in recruiting that he would one day become. So that's game day for me. I would that's ask. Great point. <clears throat> go, well, go ahead. Sorry. That, that that's go ahead. I mean, so yeah, I didn't want to uh, interrupt you there and, and steal a question that you may have, but when people ask, you know, what is the best thing about your job? And, you know, I related to a lot of different things. I said, the people, um, <clears throat> whether that's you know, the coaches I get to work with, the administration that I get to work with, the donors and fans that are invested in our programs, um, or the student athletes. And for me, the best thing about the student athletes is what you just said. They come in 18 years old, really can't shake your hand, can't look you in the eye, uh, barely speak to you. And then hopefully at 21, 22, they are leaving a young man, young woman uh, with confidence, with some uh, humility that, uh, you know, this game, these games that we play will humble you. You know, they come in very decorated high school student athletes. <laughs> it doesn't go always go their way on the college fields of competition. Uh, they'll get humbled on the field. They'll get humbled in the classroom. And they show that grit, that resilience that employers want. And so that's the best part of our jobs, I think, is seeing those kids come as 18-year-olds, young uh, young people, and leave mature uh, young men and women. And, and you did. You, you went right into my question because the question was about to be, what is your game day? But, you know, and I always like to ask that question really of, of administrators because, you know, in athletics, it's all about the players. It's all about the coaches and and what goes on out there on Saturdays or when, whenever the games are played. But but there's a game that happens as well off the field. There's a game that happens. I won't even call it behind the scenes because it happens every day and it happens out front. And um, you know that's that's part of your job. Which again, what I do as a coach, it, it really wouldn't go if I didn't have the support of our athletic directors here, Gene Taylor and Jill Shields and everyone else in those, those roles. My, my next question, my next question, and you've mm -hmm. done this a few times as an athletic director. My next question is, is when you are looking to, to fill a seat on your bus, I always like to use the, the bus reference, sure. um, but when you're, when you're looking to fill a seat on your bus, what are the things that you look for to, to identify who might be the best addition to your, to your team, to your athletic department team, be it a coach or be it a, uh, an administrator? Um, <clears throat> so I don't want this to be, become a cliche, but it goes back to the, the motto, the mantra that we live by, winning it right. And respect, integrity, grit, which the word grit has been gratitude before. Um, and, and depending on every, every job, every situation has a little bit of different context. So when I came here, I came here with gratitude in my mind. 
be thankful for the opportunities that we have. Um, but one of my coaches said, you know, here at BGSU, we don't have the biggest budget. We need some, we need some grit here. And I said, yeah, let's, let's go with some grit. Um, humility. Um, you know, I like working for people that are, uh, you know, understand that they don't know everything about everything. And uh, so, you know, come in a little humble and uh, learn from others, learn how we do things uh, at, at our current jobs and, and become part of this culture here. And then trust. Um, trust is everything. Uh, you got to build trust with the people on campus, um, tr build trust with the students uh, that we're serving. And so those are the values that I that I really look for. Obviously, we, when we talk about fit and, um, you know, the context of a job, <clears throat> hopefully that position that we're filling is because the person before that person <clears throat> was really successful and has moved on. Sorry, battling a little tickle my throat. <clears throat> um, so with every job, you know, it, 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 there's a certain circumstances that why are you filling this position? You know, can you bring in somebody new that would have a different um, opinion, different values um, that will help build this team? I also, obviously I look from within because I think we have a lot of great people in our athletic department from bottom to the top. And, and these young people, you know, that are some of our junior staff members, they are working hard. They want to see that they have upward mobility here in Bowling Green, Ohio, and, and they don't have to go somewhere else to get uh, bigger and better opportunities. And so I do like to promote from within um, to stretch people professionally. And sometimes, you know, that may mean that myself or somebody else that is supervising that person may have to train them a little bit more or, uh, you know, take up some of the slack until that person is up and running. Um, so those are important uh, parts of finding the right fit, finding who we want on this bus as we uh, take this journey. Right. Now, now this question is, is well, I don't know, it, it's, it's a little bit different, but I think for where we are today, um, is very much appropriate. If you had a magic wand, right? You had a magic wand. You do a lot of things with that magic wand, but it's only it's the only thing you can do with it. You can use that magic wand to help help athletics, help help athletics in America today. College athletics. Uh, we're only going to choose one topic. There's a lot of things we could help with, but uh, with with hiring more diverse leaders, more mm -hmm. head coaches in college football, uh, more athletic directors. If you could do one thing, if you, what would be your magic potion to be able to help us uh, reach a point where, where the numbers uh, would, would be more acceptable from a diverse hiring standpoint? Yeah, so, uh, you know, I feel obligated, um, and we have uh, an assistant athletic director for marketing and uh, brand enhancement here, Taylor Jefferson, who took took the idea and ran with it. But we have 
one, we have a sport management program that I went through. Um, Bowling Green State University itself, you know, our diversity numbers are not where we want to be as a overall student population. But within athletic, athletics, um, our student athlete population is a diverse population, uh, more, than, more than the regular student body. Um, so who are some of our student athletes majoring in sport management uh, that could help us? And so there's a lot of outreach that we've done. Um, I've, I've had our All-American gymnast uh, be an intern for us. And she, I tell her she could be a rock star in this industry if she would only really want to work in this industry. She's, right. she's going to go try to do uh, you know, something else. I couldn't convince her to grow up in this industry, but, you know, it's incumbent upon us to go out and identify those young men and women Early, right. will help us represent what our student athletes look like. And so uh, Taylor Jefferson on our staff uh, created the diverse professional. Um, now it's called DPEP. I'm going to draw a blank now, of course. Uh, but we we go out and find two diverse students, uh, people of color on our campus or underrepresented uh, gender, and we have them intern in our athletic department. And uh, so much so, you know, and we made a big deal out of it. Um, <clears throat> you know, I'm talking to a, uh, a donor now that wants to help grow that program. And he he worked in sports, so he understands the need for us to grow. So you know, I, there is no magic wand, unfortunately, <laughs> well, it's going to take hard, it's going to take hard work and it, and it really probably needs to start even sooner than when you decided you wanted to become a football coach, you know, right. for a student athlete, I don't know if the coaches were talking about to you, what you needed to, and when I talked to like football team, I said, listen, if you, I don't know what, after a long, successful professional football career, because they all want to play professional football, right? Right. I said, what do you, what do you want to do? And how many of you want to be coaches? Well, how many of you want to be coaches here at BGSU? Well, one, if you don't have that degree, I cannot hire you. So make sure you get that degree. And we talk about that. So um, we got to, I mean, call it grassroots, call it whatever you want, but we got to start earlier with, with our students that are here at our university. Um, that can help us move the needle. And that's what we're trying to do. Yeah, and I think I think that's a great point in that, well, you said grabbing student athletes, people who live in the world already, people who are already in athletics, grabbing them and convincing them because I was a student athlete and, and the world of athletics, the football life has given me so much. So, so it was a natural progression for me to for me to coach for me to want I wanted to coach since I was in the seventh grade and but a lot of times student athletes again they have different passions uh, and so like you said to not only educate and try to continue to push or pull them to stay into athletics but then a, a great point that you made keep them at your university keep them at home so that they can help Bowling Green State University continue to succeed. I, I just I just always ask that question because I, I think that um, 
we have to understand in athletics that 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 diversity there is strength in diversity right and no question and when when you when you have a diverse athletic team there there are things that happen in that locker room in those locker rooms that it does not happen in other parts of our society and the same thing can happen in your staff rooms if you have if you have diverse staffs so let's let's move to the next question and this one mm -hmm. is um it really relates to adversity and so when we think about really the last three years our country has dealt with incredible adversity but you 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 used the word a second ago growth um even though we've had adversity we have grown we've grown tremendously i was joking with one of our coaches about him now after COVID, being able to turn his computer on and he can actually he can actually set up a zoom meeting right this is a guy who he's a big chief notebook guy number two pencil guy right sure and now this guy can actually set up a zoom meeting and he can run a zoom meeting and so there's growth <laughs> a lot of people have have tremendously grown through COVID. yes a lot of adversity happened in those times but when you think about that moment of our of our lives dealing with COVID, dealing with the social justice initiatives and issues that we had to deal with how how did that moment make you a better leader hmm i go back number one you know when this all started uh you know, there's no playbook for this. There's no manual for this. Sport management, my sport intro to sport management, they didn't teach me this back in 1990, 90, And, uh, you know, my faculty athletics rep is uh, used to chair that department. He said, you didn't learn this in sport management 201, did you? I said, yeah. <laughs> what are you guys teaching us? And so <clears throat> the pandemic and social justice challenges that we had, you know, I, I would say the thing that we tried to really do and, and we need to continue to do is over communicate. And um, so during this time, you know, when we all scattered uh, March of 2020 and, and, and our student athletes went home and people were working from home, you know, we were trying Zoom, we were trying WebEx, we were trying Microsoft Teams, we were trying all these different platforms to stay connected to people. And uh, we're trying to be innovative, adaptable to the challenges that we were going through. No one, like we said, no one had this playbook that says do this. And uh, so we talked about it a lot as a, you know, as a senior staff with our head coaches um, you know, our women's basketball coach said, uh, we need to win the weight. And what she meant by is that, you know, we're going to wait this out. When will we be able to get back on campus? No one knew. And so how do you win the weight? Well, you spend time talking with your team and doing more of the mental aspects of your sport or our profession and get to know your team better, get to know your staff better. And we came out of COVID, um, you know, a couple starts and, and stops, 
um, to our seasons. But when we came out of COVID, we won, BGSU won six championships in 2021. And that was the most since 1982-83 for our university. And I would tell you that I've fully believe that's because of what we did during those times to come together. And this, I'm talking COVID, but you can relate this to our social justice issues, to having those conversations with our student athletes, our, our staff members. I got on, you know, we had our, our women's swimming and diving coach who's African-American. He led some of our discussions during the social justice. And, and he asked me to come on and tell my story because you know, no one knows that I'm Filipino American. My mom's Filipino. And uh, so I told my, our student athletes that, and, you know, obviously I, I can't say uh, I have had the same experiences as black people in, uh, in our country, but growing up in Salina, Ohio, um, there were some things, there's not a lot of Brown people in Salina, Ohio. Um, so it, you know, it made me a little bit more relatable to our student athletes and, and something that, again, one, I tell people, you don't know how somebody's day is going and you don't know that, you know, I'm a Filipino American or I consider, I, I consider myself a person of uh, a, a Brown person. And uh, so don't judge a book by its cover. Don't, uh, you know, when we talk to people, uh, even as we came out of COVID, you know, talk to them, ask them how their day is going. Don't just come with a, with a crisis that they have to solve right at this moment. And, and it goes back to that respect in uh, the letter R and right, you know, treating people with respect. And, and so we did a lot of things during COVID and it was just mainly talking and, and the mental aspect of, of building our teams, our, our sports teams and our staffs. Yeah, I think one of one of the things in your in your right is is respect and humility. You know, mm-hmm. and when you when you just have respect for another, right? When you have respect, and, and by the way, I as I follow you on social media, I, I, I see you pay respect to your to your heritage. And uh and I admire that. Um, but when you just respect someone else's walk, right? Their records, when you ex- when you respect where someone else lives and you have humility as you do your walk right it, we, we could, if we could in our society if we could do that right and and i as a coach right we talk about smashing heads and, and knocking them down right. and those things but you know really again coaching is teaching it's about teaching men to be men right and and the way you the way and women to be women and the way you do that is is that you is you you help them to understand to respect another right to respect other people and guess what my walk uh, you you talked about somebody throwing a dumping an issue on you guess what there are other people with issues as well right guess right. what I have issues <clears throat> as well and so when when we can respect one another's walk uh, it. it especially in, in our world, and especially in the world of sports, because everyone is watching, right? Everyone is watching. And if we can be the example of the things that, that we know are right in our society, we know us, right? We know right from wrong, right? And if we can be the example, uh, it can take us to another level. Mm-hmm. Speaking of 
example. One one thing, you know, it goes back to the 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 golden rule, which we don't really talk about a whole lot nowadays. <laughs> do unto others what you want them to do to you. Right. And how do you want to be treated? And it sounds so simple. It should be so simple, but it's not. It's hard for some people. And, uh, you know, we all just need to be a little bit more kind, show a little bit more respect, have some humility, and, um, you know, treat each other like you want to be treated. Well, you know, um, there, there's, there's a lot of motivational speakers out there today. And, and there's, there's guys and ladies, they, they, I mean, they're, they're, they're doing it in terms of motivating teams, motivating individuals. And, and I always, because you made the point of things that are simple, right. And, and the Bible is, is a very simple book, right. The things in there, they, they are, they're not super complex, right. And sometimes we want, we want things to be very complex right we want the life that we live to be complex the directions to be complex and the things in the bible they're really not like do unto others like you said as you want to do unto you right mm -hmm. and um it, it's just talking about things which are very very simple to understand and so when i talk about motivational you know people who motivate and 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 do the talks if they don't come like if they're not as simple as the Bible, I really don't, I don't follow them because they're, if they're too complex, right, right. that's not, I'm, I'm not following that. I need the simple, right, the very simple. And sometimes, again, we look at the simple and it's just too, it can't be that simple. Yes, it is. Yes, it, <laughs> it is. It, 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 it really is that is. simple. It's just that simple, right? Um, well, let's, let's talk about your staff, right? So okay. your staff, as they work with sure. you every day, how would they, how would they describe your leadership style? And, and I'll question you, has it changed over the years? Yeah, I hope so. I, you know, we're always evolving, right? It's, I, you know, I'm grounded in those values, the, the win it right values. Um, and, uh, you know, I talk about servant leadership, sacrificial leadership. I don't, I don't do anything that I wouldn't, you know, I don't ask other people to do things that I wouldn't do myself or haven't done already for myself. And, and I know I don't do this job alone. Um, um, you got to surround your, your, yourself with great people who want to win it right. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, you know, I know my, if you ask my staff members, you know, I told them, you know, right at the beginning of March Madness, we have a free throw shooting contest. And, um, you know, every, seems like everybody's a little stressed out nowadays, you know, inflation, uh, you know, work from home, work remotely, this and that. And, uh, and in athletics, there's not a lot of jobs in athletics where I, I feel like we can really truly work remotely. You know, we're, we're serving our students and our students are here every day. So we should be here every day. And so we get together for a free throw shooting contest um, at the beginning of March Madness. And, and I talk about my parents and, and two jobs that they each had. And I said, you know, we, I know there's, I know we all have challenges right now, but we still get up 
and come to work and we work in athletics, we work in sports, we work with 18 to 22 year old kids who keep us young. So um, I think my staff would appreciate my um, calmness, I guess, uh, my silliness, I guess. You know, I've had coaches say, who have come with crisis. Um, I, sit, I remain calm with them and listen to their challenges and then calmly respond that, <clears throat> you know, here's what we can do and here's what we're going to go work on. And we calm down their fears and frustration of whatever that moment is and, and we move forward together. Um, so, you know, I don't know if that's a perfect leadership style or example, um, but that's how I do it. And, and it, it feels, I was told when I took this job by Jimster, you know, you know, as a deputy AD moving into the AD role, I asked him, you know, what do I need to do? What do I need to become? <clears throat> and he said, just be yourself. And that's, that's who I am. I'm pretty much what you see is what you get. And uh, that's who I am. And, and, you know, I want to serve others in this department, whether that's my coaches, my staff, our student athletes. Um, and that's, you know, that's the joy that you asked about my game day. That's, that's my game day is, is trying to make this Bowling Green State University student athlete experience, employee experience better uh, than what it was yesterday. Right. Right. It, again, it, it does. It doesn't have to be complicated. Right. You said it. Just just be who you are. Right. Just be who you are. And and if you were not the fit, you wouldn't be there. Right. Right. And and, and you are who you are. And wow. Great points. Uh, but you talked about who you are now. Also, we got to add uh, that you, you got good hands. Right. I've seen you on the jugs machine. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I've seen you. I've seen you on the jugs machine, and I, uh, I don't know. You know, they made me put that helmet on. He said you can't do this without a helmet on. I'm like, I have good hands. I'll catch all these balls. Well, I didn't. I, I mean, an athletic director with no teeth, because the jugs machine knocks the football, <laughs> knocks his teeth out. That wouldn't. That wouldn't be a good look. Uh, they so only they only published this. one catch, but it was five for five. I took five. I caught five, just so you know. Hey, listen, I only saw one, and that one was 100%. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, my, my last question, and this is, this is a, a cool one for some, for some guests, and then other guests, wow, they take it to another place. But so, <laughs> like, if you could speak to your younger self, right? I don't know if that guy would listen or not, but if you could speak to your younger self about a point in his life, right, uh, where he had a certain mindset, you could speak to that younger you with the mindset, with the knowledge, with the wisdom that you have today. What would you say to your younger self? I think I say something every day to my 18-year-old and 16-year-old sons that <laughs> <laughs> am I talking to a wall or am I talking to my Ooh. younger self? Yeah. <laughs> I laugh because I have I have that same age group I'm dealing with at home. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, my 18-year-old had a first tough semester here at BGSU. I told him, you know, don't procrastinate, manage your time. And uh, he did neither one of those things. So he learned. And his second semester was much improved. So I'm proud of him. Um, sometimes, you know, again, it's simple. You got, I mean, you have to let them make their own mistakes. And uh, so I certainly made some of those mistakes. But if I'm going back in time and, and talking to myself, um, and it's something that we're seeing a lot in this industry and, and in the world today is, um, and I don't, and I, and I'm, my staff knows I preach it and not necessarily act it, um, is talking about self-care and, um, you know, taking care of yourself, whether that's physically, mentally, um, spiritually, um, and taking, you know, I, I ask all the time is I know we have busy times of the year, no question. And, and you as a football coach and my head football coach, I think he thinks, at 3 a.m., he's going to draw up a play that's going to win us the game. And I'm like, you should be sleeping at 3 a.m. And that's when the best plays, that's when the best plays happen. <laughs> they happen at actually at 307. 307. <laughs> <clears throat> so, you know, you we need to come to work. Student athletes need to come to practice that day as our the best versions of ourselves. And to do that, we need to eat right, we need to sleep right. And I can tell you, I have not done that all my life and uh, still struggle to continue to do that. And, um, you know, that is one thing that I think uh, we all can improve upon. Um, and certainly if you're making me self-reflect right now, that, that is one thing, you know, did I get up at 5 a.m. and do my workout this morning on a Monday? No, I did not. <laughs> I, I took that one extra hour of sleep well, and, uh, you know, I felt sleep was more important than exercise. We make choices. We all make choices every day. We make choices. And yeah. so, um, you know, we talk about COVID and uh, during COVID we were at home and uh, I went out and bought me a Peloton because I said that I was going to wake up at 5 a.m. and jump on that Peloton. Right now, the Peloton is a closet. Right. It has clothes all over it. Um, but but you talked about your young. I have self. two, by the way. I have the bike and we just bought the treadmill. OK, and, uh, yeah. so you'll be you'll be jumping on and getting your workout tomorrow. We're good. <clears throat> Absolutely. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm up to three or four times a week. Uh, I want to be five or six. And uh, but I'm working my way up. there. Wow. Baby. You took you took another step. I, I I did the bike. I couldn't handle the Peloton, uh, uh, the, the treadmill. Um, so you, you talked about your sons and I, I have a I have a son on the team here. I get to okay. coach him. And uh, wow. It, it, I learned so much by doing that. What, what I learned is, uh, of course, as a coach, you know, you know, this is someone's kid you know these people in this room they belong to some parents and and those parents they mean they mean the world to those parents right what happens to other kids yeah it's cool and nice but no what happens to my baby is the most important thing and I didn't know I didn't really that was not deep into my soul until my own son came into the meeting room and and 
it takes your your responsibility as a coach it took my responsibility as a coach to another level because he means the world to me sure and guess what those other players in the room they mean the world to somebody else so how how vital is my job i i i my mission as a coach is to change the world through sports well when your own son sits in the mm-hmm. room and you as a parent and myself as a parent, when we talk to our kids, right, we're pushing them out into the world to change the world, right? Well, right. we get to do that. I get to do it as a coach. You get to do it as an athletic director. We get to push young men and women out into the world to change the world. And I, I just I just think that's a great uh, a great responsibility. And sometimes it just seems too simple <laughs> that we don't get it. Well, I don't know if you've had these conversations among your, your, your football staff and certainly name, image, and likeness, transfer portal. These are all challenges. These are great opportunities for our young men and women. Um, but there's also challenges that we all recognize with it. Right. And, well, I don't know if you sit around your staff room and talk about, you know, should I just go to the NFL and, and coach in the NFL and I won't have to worry about this. And, um, and so we, I've had those kind of conversations with some of our coaches, um, with some of my staff, you know, a, uh, an athletic trainer um, down in North Carolina, I'm drawing a blank on the school tweets out today is my last day, you know, nine, 90 hours a week, missing my family, missing Thanksgiving and Christmas all this for $50,000, I'm done. I'm, and she was an athletic trainer. And so I, the next day I had my senior staff and I went around the room and I said, why are we doing this? Why, why are you sitting in this room? What, what is your why for working here? And it all, I mean, there was different things, but it all came back to those 18 to 22 year old kids. And we are developing them. We think we're developing them. And, and we know, you know, 99% of the ones are going to get it from us. And, uh, and so I think that's really special in the college profession that we still have the ability to impact those 18 to 22-year-old kids. We have hockey, so they're 24-year-old kids. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, I think that's really neat about our business. And uh, hopefully that we can keep that in mind while we face all these other challenges that we're dealing with right now. Well, then, you know, you, we, we both have families as well. And, and I know that you will, you talked about earlier, you talked about self-care, but, but you also, you know, you do what we do. We're in the office right now, but we go home, you know what I mean? And, and what I try to do is, is when I go home, that's, that's their time and and that's self-care uh as well because our families as coaches as people who work in in this world your families they they sacrifice quite a bit as well and so when you go back and talk to that that person that sent that tweet out the athletic director man this is this is a tough life right it is a tough and i i've told my kids this that this is a tough life, but, you know, we've had an opportunity to, to, to go to 13 bowl games, 
right? Guess what? <laughs> when you're at the Cotton Bowl and you're hanging out, right? Doing the things that you get to do at the Cotton Bowl, right? That's right. That's, the, that's the good side. The bad side yeah. is that we spend a lot of hours at the office. And the bad side is that I might miss a track meet or a basketball game or a student council meeting. That's the bad side. We give up quite a bit, but at the end of the day, we are your families, mm-hmm. our families and us are, are chosen to, to be in this place because the job we have is so important. So important, not just to the kids who run up and down the athletic fields, but to the world who watches, you know, the world that watches these kids. I agree, you know, uh, and, it, and the, my senior staff in that room, we talked about the, the places that we get to go, the people we get to meet. Um, those are part of the job that's important. You talk about going home and, and, and I may be different than everybody seems to be, but my wife and I don't talk a lot about my job. You know, when I come home, I try to be present. And so when my wife, when someone asks my wife in the community, what's going on with so-and-so or this or that, she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sometimes she says, you don't tell me anything, but sometimes it's because I just spent whatever, 10 hours talking about something that I don't want to come home. I'd rather ask you, how was your day? Right. How are the boys doing? How did my son do in that basketball game that I didn't get to see? Um, and let's talk about that versus versus work. So you, I mean, there is that. Everybody talks about work life balance. Uh, I heard Gene Smith talk, and Gene and Shelly Smith talk about work life integration. And you know, my kids getting to come to games and. And, you know, my son will sit through the first half of the basketball game with his buddies and then he'll start asking me, hey, can I go shoot in the gym? And sometimes I say, no, watch the game. And sometimes I'm like, all right, let's let's go shoot some hoops in the practice gym. And those are the experiences, the moments that we get to share that are that make all of it worth it. Right. Well, Bob, I coaching your son, I. I, I tried to coach my son. Uh, I knew I couldn't coach him in baseball because I, I thought I was a pretty good baseball player. So if he couldn't throw or catch or hit the way I thought you should, we'd have a hard time with that. So I, I coached them in basketball because I wasn't a very good basketball player. So if he misses layup, it's I'm not that. Right. So you coach your son, and it's your position. Here's what you need to understand about that, though, is that. So, so I've had an opportunity to play college football. I've had an opportunity to play in the NFL. But when it comes to my son, I am his coach because that's my job, right? But he listens to me less than anyone. <laughs> right. Like, he, like, Dad, you don't know what you're talking about. This, so uh, I, had a, I had a younger coach who was a GA, and this GA told him something, and, and uh he came home and he said, yeah, well, coach so-and-so, he told me to do whatever. I'm like, okay, so so coach so-and-so has the answers, right? I coach so-and-so, you know, 
<laughs> I coach this guy, but you're telling me that I'm wrong, that this guy has the answers. This is what you get when you coach your kids, right? You, no you coach your kids. Uh, and, and it's so funny that, man, again, I can't, I can't express the joy that I, that I get because to have the relationship, yes, we have the father-son relationship, but it, it's just a little bit different what I've gained in having a coach-player relationship with this same son. And it, it's almost like retribution for me for all the games I've missed, for all the time I missed, I kind of get that relationship and he gets to see firsthand where I've been. You know, right. he gets to see awesome. where I've been. He gets to see what I've been doing with these, <laughs> with these other people's kids, you know, and, you know, me having that relationship with him. I have my, my other son who's a high jumper. Of course, I know nothing, just like you talked about basketball. I know nothing about high jump. Uh, so then I'm talking to him, you know, trying to help him through his high jumping. He's, he's competing in state this week. Well, I don't that's the thing I want to do is mess him up. So I'll use these football terms. Well, you got to be explosive. You got to get your <laughs> hips down. You got, he's like, dad, that's not high jump talk. Like, okay, I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, I, so, my son, sophomore in high school, high jump for the first time. Again, don't know anything about high jump. So what do I do? YouTube of a couple videos. And now of course. thing. And I and I use explode. You got to explode off the ground. And he we've talked about that because he likes to play basketball too, but he drags that foot in high jump. And he goes, right. What are you talking about? I don't drag my foot and showed him the video that my wife took and said, Listen. And he goes, Oh, I'm dragging my foot. Right. Yeah, you got now you got <laughs> this generation. It's no longer do it because I said, because I saw it. No, you got to show the video. Then when you show the video, oh, yeah, I guess I am dragging my foot. So, right, right. well, Bob, I, I appreciate your time. It was my pleasure. It was a, a, a great visit. And uh, what we'll do is well, what I what Pat will do is Pat will get this edited up, get it cleaned up and, and we'll send you the clips and then we'll post them as well. Okay. Uh, and uh and, and put them out there for you guys to be able to take advantage of awesome well congratulations on your son heading to uh state my son uh finished his uh track season in districts um but uh i'm gonna um you have a new fan i'm gonna listen to a few other good few other podcasts since i listened good. a couple tonight and uh, appreciate you doing this for uh hopefully People are listening in and they learn a little bit of something from it. Well, I'll tell you what, it, again, it's, it's been, it's been pretty cool when, when people that I have no clue that they would be listening to a podcast, whatever that is, uh, they'll come up and say, coach, man, I've been listening to, I, wow. I got, I got some great information from that last podcast. And normally, you know, we've had people from the world of sports. We never had a player but we've had coaches, we've had athletic directors, we had conference commissioners, we've had uh, executives from outside of sports, just a few of those. And really, the, we said it earlier, it's just simple, right? Leading people is simple. The people have to know that you care about them, right? They have to thousand know percent. that you have a plan for their success and be it athletic director, 
be it CEO, be it coach, be it squad leader, right? They just have to know that you care. And I think they'll follow you uh, to the ends of the earth. But, right. uh, you know, this is a this is a people serving business, like you said earlier.